Before I start this week's Financial Crime Weekly podcast, just the usual note of thanks to Sora Shimazaki at Pexels, who took the photograph, which adorns the cover art. Let's crack on. Hello and welcome to the Financial Crime Weekly podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kirkbride. It's been a reasonably quiet week this week, which frankly I'm not going to complain about because I've been very busy at work. But there is a little bit on sanctions, a little bit on fraud, and a roundup of a very small number of cyber stories. So let's crack on. The links to the principal documents are in the podcast description. And let's start with sanctions little bit of sanctions news this week. We'll start with the detail of the European Union's 10th package of sanctions, which has been published this week, crept under the line for last week's podcast, so I touched on it, but all the detail came out across the week. It was agreed late on Friday last week, if you'll remember, and the package contains new listings plus trade and financial sanctions, including further export bans worth more than 11 billion euros, depriving the Russian economy of critical tech and industrial goods. It also steps up enforcement and anti-circumvention measures, including a new reporting obligation on Russian central bank assets. The press releases of the European Commission and the Council of the European Union are in the podcast. I was just quoting a bit from that European Commission press release. In Canada... Further sanctions have also been imposed on 129 individuals and 63 entities, as well as restrictions on the exportation of chemicals for use in electronics. And finally, in the UK, the information provided by the government on the Russian oil sanctions ban has been updated, and the link to the updated information is in the podcast description. Now that's it for sanctions. We can move to look at fraud. And we start this week with the European Union, where police in Italy have seized more than €170,000 as part of an investigation into the alleged misuse of European Union funds by the office of the Italian MEP, Stefania Zambelli. The investigation by the European Public Prosecutor's Office, the EPPO, continues. Sticking with the EPPO and Italy, only this time it's Sicily, where police have, at the request of the EPPO, seized around €600,000 from a farmer who's alleged to have committed fraud on the European Agricultural Guarantee Fund and the European Agricultural Fund for Rural Development. The investigation continues. Links to both stories can be found in the podcast description. Now, there's an awful lot churning up in relation to fraud in the US this week. First, the Department of Justice has announced that Kevin Chu has been charged with a multi-million dollar embezzlement scheme. The press release provides Chu, a former business relationship manager at a financial institution headquartered in Manhattan, is alleged to have committed a years-long bank fraud and embezzlement scheme to steal over $2 million dollars from his former clients' accounts. That's what the DOJ says. Now, another bank fraud story, this time in Georgia, where 16 individuals face federal bank fraud charges. Links to both stories can be found in the podcast description. 
The final story on fraud again comes from the Department of Justice in the US with the announcement that the co-leader of a COVID-19 loan fraud ring has been extradited from Montenegro to the US to start a prison sentence for, as the press release provides, a scheme fraudulently to obtain more than 20 million US dollars in Paycheck Protection Program and that's PPP, and Economic Injury Disaster Loan, that's EIDL, COVID-19 relief funds. Dadian, who is the person concerned, and her co-conspirators used dozens of fake, stolen or synthetic identities, including names belonging to elderly or deceased people and foreign exchange students who briefly visited the United States years ago and never returned to submit fraudulent applications for approximately 150 PPP, that's, remember, Payment or Paycheck Protection Program, and EIDL, that's Economic Injury Disaster Loans. Links to this story is also in the podcast description. Now, we'll stick with the US and fraud on the pandemic relief funds, which we were just talking about with that extradition. These were created during the pandemic in the US and in other countries. Well, this week, the White House president, where President Biden has announced significant reforms to rooting out pandemic fraud. The White House fact sheet provides the following. It is a three-part historic pandemic anti-fraud proposal. First, ensuring resources and time for investigations and prosecution of those engaged in major or systemic pandemic fraud, it's imperative that those criminal syndicates who preyed on Americans during a time of unprecedented health and economic emergency know that they may run, but they cannot hide. We must prosecute serious offenders and go after those who have the largest amount of stolen funds to recapture. Secondly, investing in fraud prevention and identity theft. It's critical that we learn lessons from what went wrong with certain emergency programs that were subject to significant fraud in 2020 and invest in better prevention of identity theft and all forms of major fraud involving public benefit programs. We're committed to simpler access for intended beneficiaries and protecting our commitment to equity, civil liberties and privacy. Helping victims of identity theft is the third part of the strategy. While we must take broad steps to prevent identity theft of public benefits, we must recognise the nature of the harms to innocent victims who find themselves facing hardship, credit score deterioration, tax liability and extreme stress and helplessness through no fault of their own. It is thought the scheme will cost around $1.6 billion. Now, the fact sheet is linked, of course, in the podcast description so you can take a good old look at it yourself. That's it for fraud. I'm sure it'll be back next week and I'm sure there'll be more pandemic fraud. Anyway, now we turn to bribery and anti-corruption and another story from the US and quite a big one, this one. It concerns Ericsson, the telecoms multinational, which, as you may remember, entered a deferred prosecution agreement in 2019 for conduct which amounted over a long period of time, to breaches of the U.S. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act 1977. Well, they have been sanctioned by the U.S. Department of Justice for breaches of that 2019 agreement 
agreeing to pay a fine of $206 million. The Department of Justice press release, which is, of course, linked in the podcast description, provides the following. Ericsson breached the DPA by failing truthfully to disclose all factual information and evidence related to the Djibouti scheme, the China scheme, and other potential violations of the FCPA's anti-bribery or accounting provisions. Ericsson also failed promptly to report and disclose evidence and allegations of conduct related to its business activities in Iraq that may constitute a violation of the FCPA. These disclosure failures prevented the United States from bringing charges against certain individuals and taking key investigative steps. As I said, if you want more, you can see the full the full um, press release in all its glory in the podcast description. We'll end this week with our usual roundup of cyber news. As I indicated at the start, there wasn't a lot of cyber news this week. A low number, in fact, makes me wonder if there is something in the stories that I've discussed in recent weeks about companies building better defences to cyber attacks using the wide range of advice available from various government agencies, and that some cybercriminals have been laying off staff. With that in mind, let's take a look at what has happened. We'll start with the US TV and satellite broadcaster Dish Network went offline this week, and while the specific cause is not precisely known, it's widely believed that it is a cyber event of some kind. Sure, more on that will come out in future weeks. A lengthy investigation by Dutch police into a series of cyber attacks over two years has resulted in the arrest of three individuals on suspicion of causing the theft of personal data. It's estimated that the data of tens of millions of people have been stolen over the course of that investigation. The UK-based news agency and retail outlet WH Smith has been the victim of a cyber attack this week where workers' data has been stolen. And that's it for the roundup of cyber attacks. But an interesting final bit of news reports this week that the United Nations would like to offer support to nation states in the fight against cyber attacks. The creation of what has been labelled as cyber blue helmets is um, what is being discussed. The discussions are at an early stage, however, but they offer an interesting potential for coordination in respect of what is a global problem. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Financial Crime Weekly Podcast. If you want to do so, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you'll hear from me again, all being well, next Sunday with the usual roundup of all things financial crime. Have a great week, everyone.